Amazing. And now I'm pressing record on us. So here we are, real talk. Oh my God, it feels so scary. So I'm on with Lauren, who I met at counselling school, working our way through our counselling accreditation. And we are going to be covering the questions that we've been posting so far, like how you're feeling, um, what we're doing to keep well, living alone and living together, and then just our reflective thoughts kind of on the end of of what we're doing. We're, we're recording this and we're giving it a go at recording on a podcast as well. But neither of us have done this before, have we, Lauren? <laughs> it's the first time so I've pressed the buttons and we're just kind of hoping for the best and uh seeing where it goes so so Lauren I guess we could start off with how you're feeling I um I'd love to hear how you're feeling actually outside of like being at counselling school together and just are like where are you at today (laughs) Today, I actually feel quite good. I feel my kind of days go up and down a bit, which I think is quite normal at the moment to not always be feeling so consistent. I think maybe, you know, in day-to-day life, you feel kind of up and down anyway, don't you? But I do think when you're in the situation that we are now, it feels so much more heightened. When you have a down day, it feels really down because you've got nothing to distract you away from it. I felt... For the start of this week, I was really quite, it was weird, like an excitement to go into lockdown because my life is usually so busy, so hectic. I was almost quite excited to have this time to just reflect, be completely focusing on myself. Whereas yesterday it kind of come and I had this really nice self-care day of, you know, having a really nice long bath, having a face mask, doing all that kind of stuff. And it got to about nine o'clock and I thought, well, now I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) what do I do now so then yeah yesterday evening I kind of felt I dipped a bit but today I actually feel quite good quite positive it's I think it's like it's interesting isn't it because other people that I've spoken to there's definitely more people saying that they have a kind of excitement for this second lockdown and and that is really just who I'm talking to like I know that's probably not the like the general feel but I think there must be something in that, like where we've gone through it before, there's a resilience that's kind of grown within all of us, whether we were aware of that or not. And it's not a shock anymore. It's like, oh, here we go again, rather than, oh my God, what is this? What's happening to us, our lives, the country, the world? You know, it's kind of taken maybe that fear element away a little bit I don't I don't know that's very it's just who I've been speaking to I can relate on what you're saying with with maybe feeling a bit more calmer about it absolutely everyone I feel I've spoken to has said that they're more prepared the second time yeah almost like the complete worst has happened we've done it once we everyone managed to get through it so the second time it's kind of it's almost like you've had the dress rehearsal of it and now you can just almost relax into it you don't feel the need to be so I think the first time around, everyone tried to keep as busy as they were in normal life, whereas I feel like the second time around, everyone's quite happy to take more of a chilled view towards it. Yeah, I think it's like, we're kind of covering our topics on what we were going to say, like, in a natural field, because I want to go on to that, that actually first time, 
the kids were not at school and they were ill um so they actually we actually started isolating a week before the school closed this time the schools are open we're obviously at college still together it, it there's kind of a normality like whatever that means like this time round and i think that makes it feel a bit a bit better a bit more in control um because i am living at home with my family including two small kids so that feels different i actually feel like i've got more space this time to just breathe and actually grow my business which is what i've been trying to do so i've had the concentration to be able to focus on doing things like this promoting the business putting myself out there a bit more whereas first time round it was me living through yeah. everything as it happened you've moved house right i was planning to move house unfortunately of everything that happened it's kind of not been possible right. at the moment so i'm still living at home at the moment but it is where my mum works for the college i'm at home by myself about 85 percent of the time i would mm. say so i think that's really the same way you say it's quite different for you with having the kids at home completely the first time the first time it happened i was at home with my mum and it was quite intense whereas this time where i'm almost preferring being on my own a lot more because i have that space Mm. to kind of do my own thing and it's almost quite nice as well to have someone that's going out in the day and then they can come back and almost tell you things. Yeah, it's it's like the first time I, you know, I always try to see the positives in like, this could be an opportunity for us just to pause, to self-reflect, to try and, you know, just slow down a bit. And even though I did feel that most of the days, like this is an opportunity, It uh, maybe I didn't realise that until now, how much... Yeah. I'm slowing down now. Like this is an opportunity to slow down for a month and just reevaluate life. Like what is going on, and what means the most to me. Like I really am concentrating on what I'm putting my energy on, and that includes friendships, relationships of any context, and just really investing in things that I want to do. Because suddenly, yeah. when you slow down, it, it feels like. God, I was giving so much of me to this sector or this sector or whatever. And why? Why was I doing that? Like, Absolutely. I think it just gives you so much space, doesn't it, to actually look at, as you say, where you were putting your energy. Mm. And I think it's such a rare thing that you don't actually get this time to stop, to slow down, to really actually focus on just completely yourself and not have to worry about what you've got to get done in the day I think when we talk about mental health as well like you know that I've had this virus for I mean it's felt like three weeks I've been on antibiotics I've like physically been unwell but yeah is that you know no surprise at the fact that I've actually been quite stressed with my hospital placement and where I've been working really long shifts and that hasn't necessarily felt comfortable or kind of matched the expectation that I had on the role when I first started. So, you know, this physical illness, it wasn't, it, we knew it wasn't COVID, we knew it wasn't anything more sinister than just being unwell with a head cold. But already, since I've been speaking 
to you since I've spoken to the hospital, since I've been sharing how I've been feeling, I've naturally, physically felt better. So how much of our stress and our worries do we carry around like in our body without necessarily realising that we're doing it? Like my eating habits were ridiculous. I was having takeaways all the time. I was drinking more Um And it gets to a point where you think, oh, hold on a minute, like, this is, like, the third or fourth takeaway that I've had in, like, a week. Like, what? That's not going to be good. And you get, like, these little flags, like, here and there where you start to realise that actually something isn't right. But I wonder how that looks for you when you're on your own most of the time. So who's there sort of checking up on you? Like, who's, who's looking after Lauren as well as Lauren looking after yourself, you know? Absolutely. I think from that, it becomes that your self-care becomes so important. And I think that then that goes so much further than just, as you say, like having a pamper evening or something like that. It has to go so much further than that. In, as you say, if you're having four takeaways a week, do you maybe need to stop and reflect on that and think, is this actually good for myself, what I'm doing? Are you constant? you know, I went through a stage at the first lockdown where for most of it I was floating about the house drunk in the evening because I was I'm laughing because I can relate that's why (laughs) it was the only way of getting through some days managed to get through a day so at six o'clock it was like great I'm gonna have a wine and then before you know it you're kind of it becomes as you say those little red flags that you're looking at that you're thinking is this actually good for me to be drinking this much is this you know, it does become a form of neglecting your own self-care when you're not feeding yourself the right foods, you're not making sure you're getting enough water in or enough sleep in, all those little things that you do that will eventually, they'll take kind of a physical effect on you and on your mental health that if you don't feel good about yourself, I think eventually it starts to have that domino effect that is going to affect you in everywhere in your life. It really does. And I feel like if you... You have to be quite regimented with yourself, don't you, to know that? Like, to know kind of at the beginning that you're not going to be able to just drink all this wine and all this vodka, like, ongoing. Um, There is going to have to be, like, a stopping point somewhere. But living with my husband, I kind of think, okay, well, we'll kind of look after each other. I shared something recently on my social media of, like, maybe one bottle um or whatever alcohol it is that you're drinking could be non-alcoholic so it's like maybe this time around just and then you've still got the taste I guess but you haven't got the and then you know we all know about placebo and just psychologically anyway like are we telling ourselves that we're relaxing when it's actually nothing to do with the alcohol content it's just us starting to get in the mindset of relaxing um I also think that talking which obviously we're going to say, but us just doing it together. Like, you know, when, for those of you like listening and watching this, when you train to be a counsellor, if you decide to go on and and go higher to get an accreditation for the level that you're, you're learning at, you can, you really have to sort of invest in yourself. So you go through a lot of personal therapy yourself. You work with supervisors and have supervision and, you know, that's such an investment in us as counsellors to be the best counsellor or psychotherapist, whatever we term ourselves as, 
for you, like for our clients moving forward? Because we're still normal people ourselves. Like when I say normal, that's like normal, what's normal. But we're still real people, you know, like we're still talking like friends today, but also our professional heads on. We've processed a hell of a lot of stuff and are still processing as life goes on. You know, talking about stuff has really helped me like piece together I think it was something this week, actually, when Lauren, you were saying to me, like, oh, my God, that could be... I had, like, a a tingling and, like, a numbness in my face, and I felt really, really tired. Like, I would go as far as to say fatigued, like, very, very exhausted, and just kept blaming it on this virus, and, oh, it's the virus, it's the virus. But I wasn't really getting better as time was going on. And then you said, like, is this a migraine? Like, migraine. And I think, right, migraine. Yeah, it could be. That's normally, for me, triggered by stress. And how stressed am I right now? Like, maybe this situation that I'm in and decisions that I need to make around the hospital are bigger than what I realise they are. Like, this is something that needs to be brought up and spoken about without having that person to share how I'm feeling with so in this instance it was you and other occasions it's been different friends professionals therapists etc how can we really process what we're going through just on our own it takes a lot of dedication to do that do you agree yeah I think it takes so much to be able you know Hello, Dougie. <laughs> He'll have to make a guest appearance on the screen now, now that we've heard him. Or her. <laughs> she gets very funny if the door goes. <laughs> yeah, the dedication to ourselves, like if we haven't got that person to talk to or if we maybe feel a bit nervous or scared to open up because it's a vulnerable space, isn't it? It's so vulnerable to kind of say... Especially when I think in the climate we're in at the moment, there's this very much, you know, everyone's putting on social media and everything, you know, keep a stiff upper lip, we'll get through this together, be kind to yourself. And it's like, but what does that actually look like? What does that actually mean? And I think it is having to have that vulnerability with yourself. If you maybe don't feel comfortable about speaking to someone about it straight away, maybe write it down in a journal. I personally keep a journal so that I can always, if I'm having bad days, I can look back to see that I've had better days and the bad days that I have gone through, I've always, you've always come out the other side. And I think sometimes it's good to have that vulnerability, write it down, look at it, you can process how you're feeling and then maybe build up that courage to know that if you speak to someone, it doesn't have to be someone that you, you know, as you say, as um, training therapists ourselves, it doesn't have to be someone that you feel massively close to. I know you and I would be happy if anyone ever felt that they needed to reach out to speak to someone. It just has to be someone that you feel that you can have that little bit of trust with. You don't have to be embarrassed about how you're feeling, but you you should always, if you're starting to feel like things get on top of you, always say something about it. There is no shame in that whatsoever. I totally agree. And I think it's just sharing that element, you know, whether you're a client of ours currently or in the future or were a client or somebody that we've spoken to even in like a a training trio work or anything like anything we kind of just want that message to come from our real talk is that 
share, 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 like talk, 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 real talk with somebody that you can just relate to in a sense of they're not going to judge me. Like that person seems relatable that they also deal with life and they've also been through a hell of a lot. And an example of that would be when I went through my IVF process to have my children. I wanted to speak to like-minded people, people that had gone through the experience so that I knew, you know, there was like a level of understanding there. And then I never really found that person apart from my husband. So we did it together and we just went through everything and spoke about everything together. It wasn't until I started realising that actually the person hasn't or doesn't necessarily have to go through IVF to understand how I'm feeling, but just have that level of empathy to be able to just non-judgmentally listen to me if I shared something that I felt maybe was against like a social norm or an expectation of what I felt as a woman and how I should feel moving forward, like to start a family. And yeah, I guess that's what we're doing is like you know we all have our areas that we like to work within or specialize in or whatever we term it you know we're always going to have our approaches that we like yeah it just so happens that myself and 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 you actually really that wasn't very good grammar was it myself and you but yourself (laughs) and I we really like the psychodynamic approach and that might not mean anything to anybody watching but it really does go back to childhood and look at the past in stages of like our development moving forward and when we're adults like we can start to analyze ourselves differently and I know that I've had people I'm probably going off a bit on a tangent but I've had people definitely say to me in the last five six years your self-awareness is so high you you forget that you actually expect that from other people sometimes. So like take the psychotherapy hat off and just Lucy. I think a learning curve, like to flow it into personal growth for me has been not everybody is like me. Not everybody does. Thank goodness. Some people might say, (laughs) but not everybody does think the same. And that includes both ends of the spectrum, you know, like if you have a passion of something like we do and, and I massively do within my my business of delivering mental health first aid training courses and counseling and my passion is xyz you know that doesn't mean that you have to share that exact same passion but we have the kind of grounding that we want to support people without judgment and just sharing a level of empathy absolutely Um, and I think as you say, it doesn't mean you have to have that exact same level. I think you and I are quite similar in the level that we do have, but as well, I think, you know, maybe if someone doesn't have that same kind of empathy within them, that passion within them, you could still probably talk to that person and gain a lot from sharing with them. Yeah. Even if perhaps it gives you a slightly different perspective mm-hmm. on the situation that you're in, I think there's never... There's never a harm from sharing something with them, but also always keep in mind that what people will share back with you is just their opinions. Isn't that so true? Like what you're saying is because 
I spoke to I spoke to my husband so that you know he's not a professional he's not I was actually already embarking on my counseling journey around that time like if there was any professional in the house it was me but hold on I'm the one that's going through everything so I needed somebody to just hold me a bit like emotionally of what I was going through and then realizing that actually there's no harm in speaking to anybody about anything but like you say just completely appreciating that people have different views and some people are more judgmental than others that's not necessarily their fault either like we all have our own limitations on what we think is acceptable and what isn't but within this profession our range is bigger so yeah it's unlikely that any psychotherapist counsellor whether you're in training for your accreditation or not is going to judge you and if there is anything that comes up with elements of judgment that's the whole reason why we have supervision and we process all the stuff ourselves before we get to your stuff like as the client we've kind of processed our own limitations before we've got there so we wouldn't embark on working with you or, or or speaking with you if we had like something that we need to just process first um Absolutely. can you remember a time that you ever like opened up to somebody and felt like literally absolute judgment <laughs> like I, that I quite personal so I about Eight years ago, it must be now, I first started to develop an eating disorder, and I was on holiday with a friend, kind of in what would be quite the heights of it, and I remember her saying to me then, you don't want to go anywhere on this holiday, you don't want to do anything, you don't want to go out for dinner or anything, it's so draining to be here with you, and I said to her, I think I'm developing an eating disorder, I think I'm developing depression, and her reaction was, babe, you can't have an eating disorder because you're not thin enough. And I remember then, obviously, it felt so unvalidating. And that was kind of my whole concept of that for the next six years. Mm-hmm. That I didn't speak to anyone. I didn't tell anyone about it. And I very much dealt with it on my own because anytime I would think about, do I have this problem? It would again come back to, of course you don't because you're not thin enough. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's quite a, it's quite a toxic narrative to have. So it stopped me speaking to anyone. And it was only when I actually ironically started doing the therapy course that someone said to me, there was a um, task we had to do. Where we had to sit in silence and kind of see where your mind went to. Mm-hmm. And I said, mine just ran me through a, ta- a list of tasks I had to do for the day. I couldn't physically sit and just think and let my mind wander. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of discussed why that was and it comes to that, you know, it was actually a very uncomfortable place for me to sit in silence and kind of let my thoughts just be what they were because all of my thoughts were quite manipulative to my own way of thinking. And I think then it was then going to therapy, speaking to someone who is licensed and actually is able to, that it then opened me up to speaking to other people that I trusted a lot more and they all kind of reacted with kindness with support the kind of thing I probably would have needed those eight years ago so I think it's really important to remember 
just because you speak to one person and maybe they don't relate to you, that is not going to be the thing for everything. If you don't feel like you got the validation you needed the first time, don't let that stop you. Speak to someone else, see how they feel. If something doesn't feel right for you, there is probably a reason why it doesn't feel right for you. And that's within, like, therapy as well, right? So, like, we're not for everyone. I think I wrote that on, like... Uh, you know on on the social media platforms like very recently yeah. it's like we get like we get it like I'm not here saying I can help everyone in the whole world like you know I'm the therapist that can fix everyone one therapy isn't about fixing it's just about feeling like feel comfortable with the person whether it's your friend your family member a professional uh, yeah. You know, most people that are going towards their accreditation will be able to offer more affordable counselling. That's just the way it is. There are also, yeah. you know, helplines, charities, various people that will listen to you. Samaritans, I'm a previous volunteer for Samaritans for a year. I was a listening volunteer for them. Um, the difference with charities is, and even the NHS, is that obviously they're strained as it is like they rely on funding and there's a level of consistency that doesn't necessarily happen um I know from my experience of just going through the NHS with personal therapy at different stages in my life around bereavement and family bereavement and distress and things like that to support other people in my family it's I would really like more than a limited number of sessions to just get all of this out. Like, there's yeah. something about knowing how many sessions you have at the beginning that is kind Very of like trio work. Yeah, it's kind of like trio work in a way. Like when you're doing a, a yeah. course or, a, a, you know, trio work for those of you that aren't in the know is is a trio, so three people. So you you form a role within an agency in your college or or uni or wherever you're doing your course of a counsellor client and observer and you're kind of limited to the amount of one time the session is and to how many sessions you can have and it just really resonates with my NHS experience and it's I feel like what the NHS services provide are absolutely amazing. Like within CBT, it's incredible. And most things can be processed within a four to six week um, time frame. And there is room for, you know, extensions and things like that. But when we're looking at psychotherapy and the passion that we've got for psychodynamic, which is psychoanalysis back to childhood, like you you can't put a number on that like it 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 is what it is like however long the sessions last they last for that like um and there was something about that so and then also being a Samaritan so being the person on the end of the phone when I'm either reading like a backlog of messages or taking a call for the first time it's like that's it then so I have to sit in the uncomfortable the uncertainty of when I put that phone down or when I've sent that message I won't know what happens then and that must be the same for the other person of like if they really connected or just had a really good therapeutic experience on the end of the phone or whatever I'm using Samaritans because that's from my frame of reference but any charity any listening volunteer you know that must feel the same for somebody that's they they then have an expectation of the next person they speak to they'll get the same experience like the same 
Right, and, and what if they don't? Does that then stop them from calling back again or contacting again? Or like there's that blockage as well, isn't there? So I think if we're talking about just speaking to somebody and speaking to a professional, a mental health professional or, you know, whoever it is, it's it's nice to not feel restricted, like what you said, like within yeah. a time frame. And, you know, I'm kind of glad that you that you feel that as well, because it's not taking away what the NHS are doing and charities are doing at no, all. Like I, I work for mind as well with, with my role. Like it's, yeah, it's not taken away from that, but it's just recognizing that actually if somebody has a bad experience with a friend or even an organization, it could then put yeah. them off for the rest of their life. And they feel like they have to just live in this level of unhappiness or, you know turmoil or secret or or anything for and it's and it's not the case people do not have to go on carrying the weight of something um on their own yeah I mean I feel like I speak to quite a few people that when I tell them you know I'm training to be a therapist they'll say something like oh I tried therapy but it didn't actually work for me Mm. and when you say to them you know why sometimes I think it can be that actually having to look into what the issue is it can be quite painful mm. so you do need someone there that can hold that emotional mm-hmm. you know state for you and make you feel like you know it is it might not be okay right now but I promise you it will always get better mm. and that's a new thing as we say sometimes you just don't like someone and that's absolutely fine I'm sure there are people that have done trios with me that have thought I actually just don't didn't get that from mm. you because I don't like you mm-hmm. and that isn't a problem but as you say, that shouldn't then stop you from from trying again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's always just going to be trial and error. It is. It is. I think we, you know, we're on our half an hour of our little chat and that just feels like such <laughs> a nice place to pause on. Yeah. Just let it be, you know, like just let it flow in the moment and it's not one size fits all it's not one face fits all it's just about the feeling and the connection and it might be the case that you want to speak to somebody that you know like there's people that I have as clients that I've known before therapy before we started working together and then there's a complete strangers that and then there's you know we've met on counseling school along our individual journeys together at different stages and we still connect after you know, within one week of meeting each other. it's You can't put that into words, what that is. It's just a feeling of of just trust, isn't it? You know, whether you're physically with somebody or just looking at somebody's face and it, it just is a feeling, isn't it? Absolutely. And it will... I know there are probably people that are going to listen and just think, you know, that just doesn't happen. And it's like, I promise you, you will find that person that you feel like you have that connection with and you can talk. And it doesn't have to be, you know, seeing someone down and saying, I need to tell you about this thing. Maybe you go to see a friend, maybe you're just having a little chat over a tea or something. And it just naturally comes out how you're feeling. You might be really surprised. Something I found when I started sharing with more people how I was feeling, they would go, oh my God, I feel exactly the same way. Mm. And then you it makes you feel a thousand times better. Mm. It really does, doesn't it? I think that's how I felt when I started talking about the, like my eldest child is nine this year. So it kind of feels like that was a long time ago now. So I, you know, I I especially support 
women and with loss or with struggle and fertility and things like that and that is a real passion of mine to just create hope and positive outlook and positive thought process around any challenges to do with fertility and it's just it's just that it's just there's no expectation on it is there like ultimately what you're saying is it just it is what it is like you just let it flow and as long as you feel safe and comforted within what level you need to feel comfort from then let it flow um we're kind of aiming to do this like once a week right (laughs) (laughs) and I'd love to to do that like this is new for us both so I'm gonna be posting this on Instagram so IGTV I'll share it over to my Facebook platform as well Lauren will be tagged in so you can give her a follow on her journey, her individual journey as well to becoming an accredited therapist. And um, thank you so much for doing this for the first drop of Real Talk. (laughs) It's been so fun. I feel like we haven't been recording at all and it's just us chatting and I've still got my pyjama bombs on. So it's definitely Real Talk. (laughs) um thanks again Lauren and I hope everybody enjoyed it if you do want to get in touch with me or Lauren then just follow us on Facebook or Instagram or you know my website and and just get in touch reach out any way you can and we're here to help so thank you again and we'll see you all next week bye bye okay I've stopped recording amazing